Blood of Olympus, Chapter 5. Reyna. Dive bombing a volcano was not on Reyna's bucket list. Her first view of southern Italy was from 5,000 feet in the air. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Finally, time for me to spread my fucking wings. I'm so excited. Everybody loves Reyna. All my homies love Reyna. <laughs> if Reyna has no fans, I'm dead. If Reyna has one fan, it's me. I swear to God. Uh, Ava, Neve, mm-hmm. how are we this week? And Neve, I love you so much. <laughs> oh my God, do you want to address it? No, I've just been a little mean to Neve lately, so... I've just been opening the podcast particularly mean to Neve lately, so this is her week off. Next week, it'll be even more brutal than ever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the kindness is appreciated. Thank you so much. But it's all for funny. Oh, Brayden? No, it's not. All right. You guys, can't be saying that because they don't Brayden know Brayden likes to Brayden. be super serious, but he actually is a very, very good friend. He's just also kind of an asshole. So It's his love language. Being mean is his love language, so don't yes, worry. Yes, um, as he said to me our sophomore year, I wouldn't be mean to you if I didn't like you. I'd be nice to you if I liked you. And from then on... I'm nice to a lot of people. And from then on, I've been comforted. Mm. So, worry not, all. Um, anyway, I'm doing well. We are back on campus. We are... Today was our first day of classes. Mm-hmm. First spring semester. Last first day of classes. Oh, don't say that. For- <laughs> I know. For spring semester, senior year. And I don't know. My day was great. I, I had a really nice, um, like, set of classes today. And they were all spread out really nicely. And um, I'm, like, doing a deep clean of my room. I'm, like, like literally emptying out all my drawers and stuff. And it just feels really good. Um, yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. I feel that. I'll echo that. I had a very packed day for my first day of classes, given that I only had one class. Hmm. Um because I had to go grocery shopping this morning, um, and I went to the gym, and then had to go, like, had to eat meals, and then go to class, and then have a hall meeting, and then go to rehearsal, and now we're here. So it's been, it's been a long day, but I'm really, like, not tired at all, nice. which I think is a good sign for the upcoming semester, that if I could have a very busy day and not be, like, drained by the end of it, yeah, that there's good things to come. No, yeah. How are you, Brayden? I'm good. I also had a busy day. Part of that was, like, self-inflicted busy. I mean, most of my day, like, I had classes and I had work all day. Um, And then I had, like, a a meeting and that I had to lead and a bunch of other stuff. But after that was over... you had to lead. uh, That was over. Um, Me and two of my friends, we went to see uh, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish. Um, as like a first day of classes treat for us. Um, and it was incredible. Um, I actually have nothing but good things to say about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And I am thoroughly stunned. No, no, no. Don't knock it till you try it. I was one of the ones who went today, but I went a few days ago with the cast of the show that I'm in and it is cinema. Run, do not walk to your local movie theater to see Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So good. Such a good film. You're like actually beautiful. Really, like something that really, well really stunning to come out of the Shrek franchise. Guys, what? 
<laughs> no, like no, you're like, talking about this movie it. like you're, but like it made you rebelieve in the power of cinema. No, it didn't. It, that was Babylon. <laughs> that was Babylon. You should also see Babylon. I have not seen Babylon. see Babylon, and I wouldn't say I wow. have nothing but good things to say about Babylon. But I have things. But to say. I have things to say, and it changed my life. Oh, it's crazy. My Letterbox review um, was: I watch a lot of movies, and if you're interested in what I have to say, follow me on Letterbox. Um, <laughs> And I'll follow you back, because I'd like to see what other people have to say. But I was like, I can either give this zero or five stars. Yeah. And, and I had to give it five. And you can justify both, but five is the more easily justifiable one. Yeah. Um, but Puss in the Boot, like, it was the best animated movie I've seen since Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Mm. Like, hands down. But also, Dang. I don't know if I can name any... Oh, I think Kanto was good, too. It's one of the best animated movies I have ever seen. It was in the wow. same kind of animated style as... It's. I'm not a huge fan of the CG animated style in general. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I prefer something like Spider-Verse or this now Puss in Boots the Lash Wish that is kind <laughs> of the, the mixed animation style um, that I really like. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. And sure. you should definitely see it. Um, I'm not necessarily excited for the Shrek 5 that they kind of teased at the very end. But, Yikes. They um, teased that. They That's did. Sad. Like, spoiler alert for the end of Puss and Boots the Last Wish. I mean, it doesn't really they, spoil you, anything you, that's happening like, in the movie. They, they, the, at the end of the movie, the, like, heroes from the movie kind of uh, go off and they're like, oh, we're going to see some old friends and then and it's, it's the like, far, far away I was gonna Hollywood signs. Yeah. Like a castle, kind of. But it's like a tag at the end of the movie. Yeah, so. it's like not a thing. Yeah. Oh, excellent film. Um, other than that, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. Mm-hmm. This week we'll be discussing the blood of Olympus. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of vampire movies recently too. Um, f- chapters 5 through 9, 10... Five through eight. 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 Wow. Because it always seems like three. Third time's you, you know. Yeah, I have the problem with the adding of four and how it, that no, works. It's, you have to count that chapter too. Yeah. It's um, like, yeah. To the theme of leadership, um, Ava, it is your turn um, up at the pedestal of summarization. <laughs> it um, really is, isn't it? And I opened my voice memo app as I am apt to, to do instead of the clock app when I do this for some reason because I think it looks like a timer more. Ready? Go. Okay, so these are the first rated chapters of ever and I am so... I will continue with my excitement later. But anyway, they are in Pompeii because they are um, transporting the Athena Parthenos. Nico is very tired. They have to rest every day um, and, and Raina's like, I still don't know how he does it. And she's like, damn, like... It's making me, like, so sad, and I'm very worried about him, but I, I gotta, like, he's a comrade. That was, like, my favorite quote. It's like, he's a comrade, you know? Um, Raina's uh, bad past is hinted at. Um, um, she has a crazy nightmare about Octavian being, like, a dictator. It was crazy. Um, tourists come in. Um, um, uh, bad ghosts, and, and they're, they're zombies. There's a difference between Fawn and Seder. Zombies try to attack everyone all the time, and she reminisces about her dead Pegasus. Beep, 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 beep. Also, the whole Coach Hedge thing. Yeah, but that's what I mean with, like, difference between Fawn and Seder is, like, they, they, I mean, they, t- yeah. Yeah. 
But like, I couldn't fit it in. Yeah. It was a good way to summarize. The, you you got pretty much everything. I think the only thing that needs to be hammered home is the weight of the Octavian dream. Yes. Like, he's full, fully like... Yeah, because that I interpret... I mean, like, it's tough to know. Because I feel like we talked about this when we were doing the original series. Of like, are dreams real? Uh-huh. Are they happening? Uh-huh. Can they be visions? Are they... You know, like we, it's tough to know, especially since the dream, the previous part of the dream was like, not was fabricated yeah. to like, then See, that's cut to like, is it a vision right, or right. is it like, you know, I felt like the, it felt to me like it was something that was happening only because yeah, like, me too. because Raina seems to take it as something that is happening. Yeah. You know, because she usually has autonomy in her dreams. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, her saying that like, it was act like oh, I know that Octavians move them out of the city because they're here, and that, that made it feel like, oh, this is definitely, like, yeah. a current thing. And also, I you can tell it's a current thing because it's a little plot device that Rick likes to use to be yes. like, I just we just need to know what's happening over here, yeah. but I'm writing a first-person POV book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he did it in a really smart way, though. No, it, it works very well. The mechanics of it still really make no sense, but it works for the genre. It works because the initial books books were children's books, and it was introduced there, so that's why it's, like, fine to continue it into this, because it was something established in a book that you needed to explain less. Yeah. I also think, especially in this chapter, it was smart because he also, like, used it as an opportunity to flesh Raina's (laughs) character out more. Yeah. um, By, like... You know, she is so focused on autonomy and independence that she even exercises that with her dreams. Yeah. It's almost like she doesn't have an id, which is crazy. So, like, him using that device to do that, I thought was especially cool in these chapters. Yeah. We get a lot of Reyna exposition right off the bat. Yeah, we do. Um, What songs did we bring? I'm ready. What is your song? My song is Nina Cried Power by Hosier featuring Mavis Staples. Because it is all about, like, the people kind of in society who do the most to make revolution and change happen. Um, And it's also a total banger. And um, I think she is kind of the Camp Half-Blood slash Jupiter equivalent of, like, one of those people that is, like, the revolutionary or, like, the notable revolutionary of their societies. Um, yeah. Cute. Um, mine's a little less meaningful, but I picked it anyways. Um, it it is meaningful. It's just, like, it's conceded by SZA. Go listen to SZA's album if you haven't. I finally got the chance to today while I was doing, while I was at the gym, like, in full, and it is truly just such a good album. Um, and I don't, I felt like... In these chapters, the song title is misleading. The main tag of the song is I'm betting on me. And I just feel like mm. like we learn a lot of, about how Reyna doubts if she like has power because of this weird half-charm speak thing that I'm going to get into. That we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about in a couple minutes. But like... like believing that... like Also, like the ending lines of like I... Like, Rome is not going to fall as long as I'm alive. Like, she places a lot of, like, I personal responsibility and, like, belief in herself that, like, she's going to save everything. And yeah. I was like, slay. So, that's why I picked it. Yeah. 
Nice. Thank you. My choice is Mother's Daughter by Miley Cyrus. Um, my, I'll read some of the lyrics to kind of explain why this is my choice. Um, she's got the power. We'll look at her. Uh, don't fuck with my freedom. I came up to get me some. I'm nasty. I'm evil. It's the idea of like, you, I am depend like, don't, I'm losing my train of thought, <laughs> but, um, it is a very independence focused song and um i the message of it must be something or it's that i'm my mother's daughter it's something inherited it's a passed down like independence um and reina has a complicated relationship with her family that we start to kind of look at in these chapters um and that refrain of don't fuck with my freedom um, just feels like Reyna. Um, it's like that ownership of her power, even though she d- she's not trying to be liked. And this this song just feels like taking ownership, whether or not people give it to you or like that you take it. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. I got there. Took, I stuttered over you it. You did, but, I got but it made sense. Um, what were our favorite moments from these chapters? I love the whole thing. <laughs> it was like, I, I'm just so happy. Like, I've never had a favorite character this favorite since Zoe Nightshade. And, like, Zoe never got POV chapters. And so I'm just so happy that my little other, you know... Um, icon of of these books (laughs) in my brain is like actually getting perspective i also just fucking loved when she called nico her comrade i thought that was hilarious i love i love the reina nico relationship that was one of my favorite parts of these chapters how she was like i feel an urge to like drape my like cape over him and like protect him but like he wouldn't appreciate it and like i know he wouldn't because he just wants oh my god because he's so like more externally focused yeah it killed me. I love it. It was like, I also just appreciated the way she understood Reyna in that, or the way Reyna understood Nico. Yeah. Oops. Because I like, you love Reyna. I love Nico. And that like, I, that exact quote that you're talking about, I was like, I f- feel that tension that like Nico exudes in which like, mm-hmm. I want a hug. But also, please don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Like, um... There, this, that's actually, like... There's a lyric from my favorite band, Bears and Trees, mm-hmm. that is, I'm crying, hold my hand, but please don't touch me. Mm. Um, and that's, like, really sums up Nico, <laughs> I think. And it's just interesting to see someone who's not Jason talk about, about their perception of Nico. Yeah. Or Percy, because... Those are the two POVs that we see Nico through. Yeah. And Reyna has a much more sympathetic light. And I know Reyna's not, like, canonly queer, as far as we know, up to this point of what we've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just feels like it. And so it feel, there is, like, an empathy there mm-hmm. that, like, 
I don't even think it's intentionally textual, but it feels subtextual. Yeah. No, there's something about it that's queer-coded, and I think that's, like, partially why I resonate with her so much. It's just because I'm, like... Like, I know younger me, if I had gotten to... Like, if I had gotten further in these books, would have, like, I don't know, seen myself in that position. And, like, I just think that's super cool. How, like, I don't know, Rick... I mean, I don't know what he does in terms of, like... I don't know where he lies romantically, whatever. But um, it's just cool that, like, even those, like, hints of things can come out of, like, text no matter the source of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Neve, any other favorite moments? Um, not to, I mean... I just kind of liked all of the like. I thought these were just a good set of chapters. I'm glad that because sometimes guess there's when, room for everyone. Sometimes when we switch to a new POV, I'm like, Rick really only knows how to write Percy. But this, I was like, no, this is good. Yeah, yeah. like it's good that her first one was a consistently like good one. Um, and it just felt like even though she wasn't speaking from the first person, I was like, I feel like I'm not able to get a good sense on people how people's inner dialogues are really working in the other POVs mm-hmm. besides Percy when they're not in the like I format that like they can like say their inner thoughts in that kind of way but I felt like I still got like a good idea of who Reyna was even though she wasn't speaking for, with her own like first person voice which mm-hmm. I thought was cool I was like these definitely have just like a different and more like stronger and like forceful tone yeah. and, like, yeah. than any one else's chapters <laughs> that I feel like other characters don't get that like personality expose you know yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like it's that reyna is so different of a character than all the rest that are like Mm -hmm. reyna is a hero but she's not the fitting into the hero archetype that all the other characters are forced into yeah she's a little more complex because she's like a hero with a backstory. Like, she has a dark past. Which is, like, not something that any of these other characters have because, yeah. like, they're mostly just, like, I was a kid and I had a sad life. <laughs> and, like, Hazel had, like, a sad life, but she wasn't, like... Not that Raina did anything, like, particularly, like, bad, but, like, she had... Was, is a much harder character... Yeah, than the rest of them. So Mm -hmm. the voice does come off super distinct. I think it's also because, like, she is almost, like, in the, um, like, the sphere outside of the Seven. Yeah. Like, she's, I don't know, I see them all as, like, a group, and then, like, off to the side, like, there's also, you know, like, she's, she occupies a very different position, like, physically. I guess not physically I mean I I know you're saying that like it's not just getting a different perspective on the same situation we're actually seeing a different story a different story right Um, exactly we're not because when we're with the seven we're like you could just be telling this from one of the characters we like yeah Raina's experiencing something completely Completely different. different right her just and like her position as a leader, her position with Rome, her her positionality as a character, yep. not just like her physical location as a character is yep. different because we didn't even really feel that with like Percy and Annabeth being separated from the Seven. Yep. They're still occupying the same position in the story, right? Whereas Rain and the prophecy is about them. Yeah. 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 All right. Before we take a break and jump into the theme, um, 
we have a Instagram DM message that um, yeah. we can read. Um, I feel like I read these all the time. Would someone else like to like chance to read one? Sure. Why not? Wonderful. Um, this is from Saurav. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name at all. Hey guys, I started listening to your podcast like two months ago while looking for more Percy Jackson podcasts and definitely am becoming a big fan. I did have a few things to say before, but as I'm catching up, it's being brought up naturally. So before everything gets brought up, I had to write this. First, I think the chorus of the, strong, of the song Stronger by, Heli Clark, by Kelly Clarkson would fit House of Hades because of the Tartars plot line. True. True, true, true. I agree that at times some stuff at the side plot wasn't the best, but I think that when you have a big cast of main heroes, you can't always have all of them in the spotlight. There's something that happens at the end of Trials of Apollo with Piper that I think was a bit sudden because I didn't see any hints about it, but I haven't read it after it came out first, so I might be remembering it incorrectly. Of the seven, Jason would probably get my offering because of how many times he gets knocked out. <laughs> Bob says hi. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Aww. Thank what you a... so much. <laughs> what a sad sign-off. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, laptop was not on Do Not Disturb. No. Um, oh my! Oh, and it continues making. It's over. Noises. It's over. It stopped. It stopped. Oh no! No, it's not. Series reading it. Reading it. Oh no! <laughs> oh my goodness! Um. Just anyways, kidding. Bob says hi. Uh, I'm That's crying. So sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Very very sweet. I always love DMs so much. Um. Just any message. And it just makes me more curious to read Trails of Apollo, honestly. Yes. I'm very curious. Yeah. Very excited. But thanks for listening. Coming very soon. Yay. Yes. Oh, God. That's so odd. I mean, not very, very soon. Like, it's going to take us like, <laughs> it's gonna take us a couple more months to finish this book. It's not a short book, but. No. Um, yeah. All right. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back to talk about the theme of leadership. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. All right, leadership. How does the theme of leadership interact with these chapters? So much. So much, and so often. Um, we, this is where I want to talk about Raina's weird uh, charm speak, but not. <laughs> like, this was one of the things that I was like, Rick, you have dug yourself a real hard hole to climb yes. back out. Let's, let's try to understand this. <laughs> I wanna, what, I what do you, how do you think, what do you think so is happening? what I took it as is she, through touch, but maybe not, because it might just be through vibes, Bluetooth specific, like, Bluetooth, Bluetooth vibes, um, That's hilarious. can send people 
strength because she herself has strength. And it makes her a natural born leader because she can share her positive qualities with the people she's leading. So maybe it is Bluetooth situation because she is leading. <laughs> yeah. So it's a Bluetooth kind of thing that like she can like Bluetooth her strength into the bodies of the people that she is helping. Now, it's not like charm speak because she's not really convincing she she's not manip no, convincing is the wrong word. She's not manipulating anyone into doing something they don't want to do or like like swaying someone in a certain direction. It's more just like emphasizing the qualities they already have mm. to like you're looking at me like this is not how you No, I, 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 I'm really processing what you're saying. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not helpful. disagreeing. Okay, so that's how I took it. It's, it's like a way for her to erase, like, limitations, like exhaustion, like mm-hmm. in Nico's case, mm-hmm. or possibly, like, fear or hesitation and just... Like, have people do their full unfettered confidence and strength, and that is what she's able to do. And I understand why she's like, I'm afraid if that, if people like, like, I'm afraid to tell people about that power because they think they're being manipulated, but like, I guess with the boundary that it's just emphasizing qualities they are, that the people she's affecting already have. It wouldn't need to be like it wouldn't come across as manipulation in the same way like Piper's powers do, but even Piper's powers have like even Charm Speak has the limitation of like you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. Right. Like there always has to be some sort of like except for sometimes. <laughs> except for when Rick feels like it. Charm is a lot more complicated, um, but like you can say that again. And so is this, but I do think that they are. I, I was like. This is kind of just charm speak for fear only. Well, I uh, here's the part where I am understanding something different is that it's not just giving people strength or brave. It seems to be any quality she has because that's what they keep saying. They're like any qu- like quality, any trait that I have, I can make everyone have in a w- weird like like the most applicable strategy of that seems to be like obviously strength strength and mm-hmm. but like what is a what classifies as one of these qualities mm-hmm. and also it then it becomes in if she's even thinking about manipulation it's like if she's in love with someone can she make them but would feel you call that, that a or quality? They, but it's exactly, exactly. It's so and subjective. she also only I think there's like I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like she says something about like like her abilities wouldn't make a hero out of someone who are who wasn't already destined to become one or something. Like yeah, that. that like no one's going to become a hero just because she helps them. Like yeah, they it, already would have been it, and she just like made it made them more powerful. But that's my thing. What's the limitation? Yeah. Like, how do you... It's... And, like, really back to that, like, concern she has about, like, will it prove that she's not a good leader? It... Honestly, it makes sense 
in <laughs> it makes sense why she would think that because Rick wrote something that's impossible to understand, right. <laughs> which yes. is like no one would understand what's happening, and and it I can't help but be like. You're right, because I have no idea what's happening. When I read it, I was like, is this a metaphorical attempt at talking about how, like, leaders shouldn't be, like, Octavian, like, dictators? Oh, I think it's pretty heavy-handedly that. Like, build on the strengths of their team, and, like, leaders should be only, like, focused on giving energy to their team. Right. So that's... What I think he was going for, yeah. he just made it like a crazy, crazy convoluted magical power. It's yeah. and I guess maybe also an excuse to be like, let me have them fall in a volcano. Yeah, and then get out of it. I think it's also kind of like a like not a reward, but I think Rick is like praising that behavior with like the real power in the situation. Like, I think he's... I don't know. I th- kind of like what you said, actually. Uh, I lost my train of thought. All right. Word. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I agree that it's, like, a pretty heavy-handed attempt at being, like... Real leaders lift people up. They help them be the best them. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Octavian wants to be the best Octavian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I got my... The train is back on the tracks. Um, and in that, because she is so giving, she is inherently rewarded with, like, power. Mm, okay. Is what I was trying to say. Um, and I think that's so interesting because I have had multiple conversations pretty recently about um, who should have leadership roles. Um, and so often, like, the people that don't want them are the people that should have them um because they're not the people who you know i mean absolute power corrupts absolutely so it's kind of the idea that like octavian wants power therefore he very likely should not have it um but reyna it seems to come at a price and like of of her own you know like she doesn't want it insanely badly um I think her intentions are kind of like these are the things that I think I'm capable of and whatever position suits those things to be the most useful for the greater good that's where I will sit Yeah, I, I think I agree that that's her motivations but I think I disagree with that that's what it's saying mm-hmm. and that I, I I have qualms with the like people who don't want leadership are the best leaders thing because like people who don't want to do something aren't going to be good at doing something like that's like and in, in, in that like I do think Reyna does want to be Preter like she does want to do this job it's it's the motivations of why it's not she wants to be a leader because she wants to be a leader as, right. as whereas that is Octavian's yeah. motivation she wants to be a leader because she wants to be someone who helps people in like a way that's very honestly similar to Percy's hero complex where it's like I want to save everyone um and I mean similar that's like the ending of these chapters it is it's like like, I'm going to save everyone and I almost said this at at the beginning but I do think Reyna and Percy are pretty similar characters are some of the most similar characters yeah and I think that's 
actually part of why Rick is really good at writing her POV. Yeah, and I do agree. All with that. connected it back. Wow, we are yeah. really good at circling this this episode. We're tying all the pieces together. True. I think like. Yeah, no, I actually really agree with that. So I think what I was trying to say was, like, people who want power shouldn't have power. Yes, Instead yeah. of, like, positions. Because that's definitely the context that I had the initial conversation into. Um, I think I was just thinking about the idea of, like, her as Praetor. Um, but, yeah, people who go in just to things wanting just power, whatever. Mm, like, Octavian, you, like, very clearly cannot be trusted, like, with people's humanity. But people like Reyna who genuinely just, like, have an external focus and that's why she and Nico oh god that's why I think they like are so sad in the same space like you know what I mean because they're both so externally focused and I'm like they just need hugs only if they want them like you know what I mean like (laughs) so it's yeah so it's it's she's very externally focused Octavia's very internally focused and I do want to talk about Octavian more because I'm about to do something kind of crazy. And it's... I'm going to praise Octavian for the way that he's bad. In that he's very, very good at being a dictator. Like, he's very, very clever in the way that he seizes power in a way that makes him, like... Octavian is, like, the well-written villain of the Heroes of Olympus books. Yeah. Gia doesn't actually make any sense, and the giants don't. They're just, they're very power... Their concepts. Their concepts, and they're very power creep yeah. kind of characters, and that like, they're just, they're the titans, but bigger! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the same thing in the first series. Luke is the interesting villain. Kronos isn't. Um, Kronos yeah. is, a little, is more interesting than more Gia, interesting but like, the titans aren't that interesting. Yeah. Um, the demigod and that's why an Octavian is so compelling as a villain because he's smart he's methodical and he's a type of villain that could actually exist well we're never like the earth's gonna come alive and kill us all Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you're like I've watched people who shouldn't be in the positions of power that they are but because they've uh started on a basis of their parents' money and influence. Mm-hmm. They abuse that initial positionality. They stab people in the back to get where they are. Um, they go directly against orders and get rewarded for it. It's a very real character and a very real villain, and that's, I think, why people yeah. hate him so much. Mm-hmm. But it's he's very smart. He gets people who have direct vendettas against Reyna, he gives them what they want, and then he has built-in people who are indebted to him. He literally says that and thinks, like, I'm your sponsor, you're in debt to me. You're not... You may come from a powerful family, but I'm more powerful. Yeah. And that's so clever. Yeah, I will say the way he uses his power is really smart like it sucks yeah but like that's why it sucks so bad (laughs) (laughs) because it's really smart yeah no I agree and I think also like something that I respect about Octavian's character writing is like he is consistent like he does not waver in what he wants um and like even when we were getting to know him like I think his morals have been extremely consistent this whole time which is cool because it just gives 
Raina a better person to kind of play opposite of. And and I think that's what also really makes leadership interesting is there are two different ways to be a good leader. You can be a good leader morally, ethically, you're an uh, ethical leader, or you are an efficient leader. You are a successful and quantitatively successful leader, mm. which is also a way of being a good leader. And that way, Reyna and Octavia are both technically good leaders mm-hmm. because Reyna is, has the best interest of everyone she's leading at heart. She's a very um, ethically successful leader, whereas Octavian gains power and gets people to do what he wants and people follow him. A leader has followers and people follow him. So he is a good leader in that he is accomplishing the goal of leadership well. And like, that's why how dictators come to power and that's why they're scary and that's why we have MAGA and all of and cults and all those things is like yeah. is a, a leader is successful that's like there is someone at the top who has convinced the people who follow him that he is it's, just, it's not always men when it's bad but most of the time when it's bad it's men and when it's good it's women or non-binary people <laughs> um, no <laughs> quick generalization it's like some men can I guess be good at leading too um, sure but, like, there are a lot of evil men in history who were very good leaders in that, like, they did the job of leadership well and got people to follow them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just by what means they chose to go at it. Yeah. <laughs> that become questionable, but yeah. they did accomplish the task. It's a very, like, um, axis grid, you know, when you have the, the <laughs> yeah. positive, 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 negative, negative, positive, negative, negative, yeah. that kind of math yeah. chart. Yes. There's probably, it's um, Cartesian plane. Is that what that's called? I believe so. It has a name? I think it is the Cartesian plane. Well, I do Math people write in and tell me if yeah. that was right. Learning so much on this first day of classes. Um, and those are the, the two axes. Word. Yeah. Word. Any more thoughts before we jump into tee-hee-hees? I don't think so. I will tee-hee-hee. You will tee-hee-hee? I'll indulge in a tee-hee-hee. <laughs> Please. Um, I think mine's... I have mine. Kind of stupid this week. You can go first. Okay. Um, beginning of chapter five. Newsflash, kid. Goats can't fly. I thought that was great. Um... Coach Hedge is funny. Um, I also just, once again, like the use of comrade. Mm. But mostly the goat thing. Mine is, we're in Pompeii, Raina realized. Oh, that's not good, Nico said, and immediately collapsed. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, ominous as fuck, mm, like, uh-oh. That's not good. And then the just passing Death drop. Like, that's just providing no context. Um, mine is Raina's destiny to die defending a passive-aggressive goddess. <laughs> Word. That's hilarious. Everyone, all of these characters, poor destinies. Yeah. Um, all right. Offerings. Raina. I think I also have to give it to Raina just because, like, girlie's gotten to speak now. 
you know, speak. Like, it's, just for her first, her first speaking gig. She just really earned it. Yeah, you she know? did. Speaking role. Speaking role. And then who are we voting off? Like, it's always the battle of do we go with the easy vote? Yeah. It's like we're on Survivor. Yeah. Um, so... Ugh, do y'all... Um, I, I, you just seemed like you were gearing up for one. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I realized I wasn't. Um, I don't, I really, yeah, he just, he's a little shit. Yeah, he sucks so bad. I will too. And all right. <laughs> that is, <laughs> on that note, um, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters 9 through 12 through the theme of victory. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Cam on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website. www.thetentacamp.com Good night. Farewell. Good night. I hope someone's listening. <laughs> yeah. What if it's the morning when I listen to this? <laughs>